Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Infinite Boost podcast. This is episode number 36. As always, this is your host, Tom. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen to the show. This episode is one that I'm very excited for. It was a great talk with King Ranny, the streamer, the 1v1 expert, and of course, the lover of everything that has to do with drifting and power sliding. It was a really good conversation. I enjoyed chatting with Randy. I think he has a really great mentality for the game and he knows uh, himself very well so he knows his limits and he uh, talks about that and talks about just getting better at the game and how to focus on the game in a in a healthy way, in a way that will help you really have some longevity. He's been streaming for a really long time. He has I think close to 7,000 hours, so he knows how to make sure that you enjoy this game over a long period of time and focus on enjoyment and getting better and the process as opposed to things that are going to bog you down, get you down, get you frustrated, things of that nature. It was a really enjoyable episode. I hope that you enjoy it as well. Uh, Be sure to hit us up on the internet or in the Discord as far as what you enjoyed from the episode, what you got from the episode, and be sure to listen to the end to get in an answer to his question because I feel that it is an extra spicy one. So make sure you listen to the end. Thanks so much. And let's roll the show. Here we go with King Ranny. Well, I am uh, really excited about this episode. Randy, you are uh, a very notable person in the community. So thank you so much for taking some time uh, to chat with me on a Sunday afternoon about some Rocket League. No problem. Thank you for having me, Tom. Yeah. So uh, obviously, most people that listen to this show know who you are, but they might not know your entire story. And I always like getting the full story of the people that come on to the podcast, just like how you found the game, uh, you know, and, and how you got to where you are now. Well, I found the game back let me let me start over before i got rocket league i was uh which one of those kids that would play a single game try to get competitive in it and the game i happened to be playing back in the day before rocket league was league of legends and i i put like three thousand hours into that game played it for about five years or so and then um rocket league came out what never, what rank were you in it. league of legends in, in league i i peaked around like low diamond so i I wanted to go pro. It was very toxic whenever I was playing for it. So like in the back of my mind, I was just looking for a different game to really focus on. Um, Because if not, I was just going to have to tough through it and deal with a lot of toxic people and just, just, yeah, try try to keep playing that. I would have been pretty miserable. Um, But the game was very addicting, just like Rocket League. Uh, But yeah, I I was like a, I was one of those one trick ponies, just... (laughs) <laughs> it, it's all in the past now. I I don't look back on it and miss it too much, honestly. I after yeah. Rocket League came out and I found it, I was hooked instantly. It was it's just one hundred percent the better game for me. Um, someone being or being with being someone with ADHD, uh, a five minute game time suits me quite a bit better than some of the thirty minute plus MOBA games that, oh, that I sure. had to play. Um. Well, it's so much more tactical. Absolutely, yeah. I I love it. And um, 
Yeah, so I found Rocket League about a week after it came out. Um, I was watching a League of Legends streamer called Yusui. Hopefully it's fine if I, I name drop him. He has no idea. Um, I don't think he even plays the game anymore. Uh, but he was just like a, a high-level League of Legends player. And every once in a while, he would play this game called Rocket League between between his League of Legends games. And I, I was in his chat just like saying, hey, can you just play some more of that Rocket League game? That, <laughs> that looked really fun. Can you do some more of that? And he just, he like, like I was, I was nobody back then. And he, he was a pretty big streamer at the time. So he like, he miraculous, 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 can you help me here? Miraculously. Mirac Thank you. Miraculously. Um, he, he miraculous. I'm still not going to try. He saw my comments. And he, and he was, I'm just going to give up on that word for now. It's, it's too early for this. He, he saw my comment and he was like, um, no. <laughs> so I'm like, fine then. I'll go buy it myself and, and play it on my own time. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got the game and I found like a handful of guys to play with. I, at the time when I first got it, it was like maybe two weeks after the game came out is when I actually decided to buy it. And I played it just casually for about a week with a group of guys and we'd play together probably like three or four hours a day until i decided i actually wanted to 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 try in this game or like i guess no life it would be a better term for it so i decided to do that i completely stopped playing league of legends i was playing league of legends like eight hours a day before then and then i just dropped it full stop switched over to rocket league eight hours a day plus on that Wow. for about a year um because i i just i felt the potential in it i could see I, I had a really good idea of where it was going and yeah i think a lot of people did back then um and i would say at this point it's it's reached that potential pretty darn well and it's going to be going even further um but anyways yeah for the first year i just no life the heck out of the game i um transitioned into being a 1v1 player around season three and since then i have uh had some success trying to play threes but never quite made it to rlrs or rlcs so i kind of just stuck to ones eventually and um i want to say it was around that time that i started streaming um season three or season four went full-time a couple years ago and I haven't so what since. was it about 1v1s that really attracted you like what was it that oh i'm just gonna play 1v1s and then stuck with that for so, obviously so long i remember back in the day watching i believe it was pashi 90 um and there's a couple other guys that did i think squishy did 1v1s for a while but pashi 90 streamed his stream title was road to number one in 1v1s and i would just dissect his gameplay i would go back in his vods and and try to break it down and i I saw like his improvement. I, I've seen a lot of one v one players improvement after like, well, three v three players going over to one v ones just for a little while, trying to main it, and then coming back to threes and seeing a lot of success with their mechanics improving. And it seemed like a pretty well known fact through a lot of the people that I was talking that one v ones was the best way to improve the fastest, the best game mode because you get more time with the ball. Uh, it works on mechanics that you don't really get to work on in twos and threes, including dribbling, uh, learning patience, flicking, all, all kinds of ground play kind of stuff. Uh, maybe most importantly would be like risk management, knowing what balls you can go for and what balls you shouldn't go for. So um, 
Yeah, I, I like the competitive aspect of 1v1s too because I am coming from a tennis background, actually. I played mm. tennis for about nine years, and it was mainly one-on-one. So it really fit my mindset very well. And um, yeah, it, it allowed me to continue to improve the way that I wanted to. Um, and it also helps that I kind of had a... Oh, this might be bit over pg-13 but i i had what i call a, a, a drift fetish um maybe, maybe right and yeah. embellishing that you, a little bit i i really enjoy drifting <laughs> yeah and um, i i think that if anybody has ever watched even 10 minutes of you playing rocket league that becomes very apparent yeah i uh i think i it was from watching cooksier 97 back in the day um back when he streamed so it was like almost preseason season one maybe so really early on um i realized that he was doing something that almost no one else was which was drifting on almost every single turn he did um and this was back when i would be lucky enough to hit a ball head on um so i thought he was really onto something because i was seeing no one else that i knew doing that and i was like hey i'm gonna i'm just gonna mess with this mechanic and try copying him and then it just kind of snowballed into me just really thinking it had a lot more potential than it was actually the being The deep used. obsession that it has become now. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm sad to say that it wasn't as important as my mind may have thought it would be, um, mainly due to the fact that um, I found this only like maybe a year ago. Um, or it really kind of like made sense in my head only a year ago. But whenever you drift and you and you turn, um, there's like a, a half a second after you let go of your drift button that you're still losing traction on yeah. your back wheels. Mm -hmm. I think if if you didn't lose traction on your back wheels for that half second after letting go, it probably would have been uh, exactly what my mind was thinking it would be capable of in the future. If it was um, just like a little tighter. Yeah, if it was it was a bit more snappy, because then you mm -hmm. could snap into shots. Because back in the day, I thought why it was going to be really good and why I practiced this so long, I practiced doing drift shots. So I would drift for a long time, predicting where the ball would be, and flip at the very second that it bounced uh, if my car was in place for it. Um, unfortunately, it you don't get a whole lot of traction going forward because of that. Because oh, of when you sure. let go it takes half a second or so or whatever amount of time it takes to get that traction. So you don't have that snappy forward momentum that I expected to get. Um, so it was really hard for me to get any power without timing the shot perfectly. And then I found out I, my time was much better spent working on something called drift catching and drift dribbling. Um, so that's when I started focusing my focus, focusing my time into working on that with drifting instead. Yeah. And I saw a lot more success working on that instead. Well, and the shot that you have pinned on your Twitter, I mean, it it's right in front of, of the gold. Shots. Yep. That's, but, that's about as good as it's going to get, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is a decent amount of power. And I think, you know, yeah. you, you hit the ball right as it lands on the ground. So it gets that really good pop back into the air, which I think yes. is what is really beneficial about it. But I can understand what you're saying about not being able to get the power that you would yep. like to get consistently out of something like that. Yeah, I got really, really consistent at it for a while. I I have a handful of clips similar to that one, but that one that's pinned to my t my Twitter is just that that seemed like something that I wouldn't be able to improve on too much more. Like mm -hmm. it just 
if if I timed that as perfectly as I did and got the height that I wanted, I, I, I couldn't imagine it being better. And that kind of upset me because I wanted it to be faster. I wanted it to be just more unpredictable. Um, and now with everyone being able to play a lot faster, it's it's very rare to be able to um, to find chances like that. So talk to me a little bit about what you just said, which was whether you just decided that you weren't going to be able to get any more out of it or you had the realization that like this is as good as it's going to get. So I don't then know shifting if it's your perspective. It's sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but no, that's I, fine. it's it's not that it's as good. Like I can still hit some crazy angles by utilizing that. And I'm sure it would be cool, but if I'm trying to be at the top level of competition in this game and I'm wanting to keep up with everyone, the amount of time that I was going to have to spend on keeping up that consistency for that kind of shot, unfortunately, just wasn't worth it because it is very timing intensive. Um, and that's I would be having to put a lot of time into that and not working on things more importantly, like, you know, being able to aerial redirect and all these new mechanics that are coming out with flip resets and all kinds of stuff. So, um I still definitely work on my ground game and my drift dribbling and all kinds of stuff, but I kind of put the the drift shot on the back burner. Well, and I think that it would be such a, it's such a corner case. Like it's not something that comes up maybe in, even in every game. Like right. you might see it one in every four or five games where, oh, this is the spot where I'm able to drift and catch them off guard and then get a power yep. shot and score. If so I was not more necessarily analytical. working on something that benefits you fully throughout every single game. Yes. Um, if I was maybe a more analytical player in person, I could maybe go back and replays and break down how I got to the exact spot to be able to hit those and where drifting really comes in handy for, for those kind of situations and how to put myself in those situations. But it just it didn't seem worth the effort for me. Um, so I, I never did. Sure. So let's go back a little bit talking about the pros that you were watching because, um, oh man, there are so many things that I want to talk about because it's been so long since I've actually recorded an episode. Um, <laughs> so like when you started really working on getting better, you spent some time like watching people at a high level and breaking down yes. what they were doing and then trying to reproduce that. Talk about kind of that process for you of watching that and then breaking it down or trying to get better and using that as kind of your gauge of where to go. Absolutely. Um, I believe I was talking about Pashi 90. He was a big inspiration for me getting into 1v1s. Um, he would stream off of his PS4, I believe, um, back before I think Utrecht got him a entire PC setup. That's a throwback um, name. That is a throwback. Absolutely. Um, Anyways, back before he got that PC, he was doing that road to number one uh, like streams for, for 1v1s, and I loved it. So the thing that I really remember, though, that actually helped me more than just watching him do 1v1s was watching his in uh, between the games training. So something I wasn't doing back then was utilizing free play at all. And I, I now realize that was a bit of... A mistake on my part but luckily i i went through and i i would go and watch what kind of training he was doing and a lot of the time he was just practicing dribbling the ball in circles or across the field and back um 
not really similar similarly to what a lot of pros are doing now with just which which is like working on their speed and momentum following the ball for threes but he since he was working on 1v1s he was really working on his ground control and being able to dribble the ball in circles and just being able to flick the ball and all kinds of stuff and i would eat it up because i was doing no free play training by then and i was like this guy is shooting for rank number one i'm over here sitting like not even top 100 at the time i was probably um maybe i might have been top 100 then but more of a twos and threes focused player and i was wanting to get over to the 1v1 um side of competition so i really took from his his vods um i would just go into his vods and i would only watch the training and try to see what i could learn off of it and since then i i started utilizing free play for dribbling and just in general i guess because uh, before then, I was just only working on aerials, and I just some for whatever reason I didn't even think about working on my ground game. Um, so I think that's one of, was one of the the sparks for me for improving, um, and maybe even what kind of eventually got me into working on like maining one v ones. So what were some of those first few things that you put into place? Like what what would you say were the drills that you would do? when you first started working on your ground game, started working on ball control and things of that nature? <laughs> um, so one thing, since I was still just infatuated with drifting at that point, that was around the time that it was really kind of getting, I was getting a hold of it. Um, I used free play to work on drifting in circles. Um, specifically, like, you know, they're like the, the, like, you know where the ball starts in the very middle, then there's like a circle around it in some maps and like another circle around that circle. Like mm -hmm. two pretty small circles. Um, I wanted to be able to control my cars drifting in a in a circle, staying on the line. I wanted to be able to dribble the ball on that circle. I wanted to be able to dribble the ball in a smaller circle, and I wanted to be able to dribble the ball around the field with keeping my car around it. Um, but for for drifting, you know, it was just me drifting around that that circle and working on like getting tighter and tighter circles, going back and forth, and just trying to really get a good handle on how my my uh, how the car felt on the ground and um something i don't really work enough on lately honestly uh but that that really helps me kind of get into uh my improving my ground game just being able to move the ball around the field not not really focusing on doing aerial plays just trying to stay grounded and and working on my on my movement with the ball hmm. and so then, a lot of dribbling the ball back and forth too i forgot about yeah that. so Okay, I'm just going to come out and ask it. And mm -hmm. I know that part of it is just putting in the time. Absolutely. That's obviously a big part of it. But one thing that I notice about you and I uh, am just so impressed by is the consistency and uh, consistency and quickness that you are able to do like a 45 degree flick or some of those more advanced flicks like yeah. the speed that you do them at and the consistency is just insane like thank you build uh you're welcome um <laughs> what how tell me <laughs> how um so unfortunately i have to tell you that it does take a lot of time um I remember watching, uh, I think it was Red's 45 degree flick tutorial. Um, that one had a couple flaws in it that I didn't agree with, or like he didn't explain it as well as I thought he could have. Um, but it was still a really good 
intro to learning how to do the 45 degree flick. So after I watched that, kind of get like the gist of it. Um, what I did then is uh, I would go and watch. There was one one video on Johnny Boy's channel, a one show match. I believe it was a flicks only 1v1, and it included AJ and someone else. I'm not remembering, unfortunately. Very sorry about that. Um, it might have been AJ versus Red, but I think um, I, I mainly focused on AJ because AJ back then was able to do a 45-degree flick fairly well and not exactly the way that I thought Red was describing it. So what I would do is I'd watch that video and I would slow it down on YouTube um, mm. and just really tried to duplicate uh, the movement that he was doing and try to pay attention to the speed of what he was doing, where the ball was on his car. Um, and that, that video and like scrubbing, scrubbing his flick over and over, just watching it in slow motion. Um, I probably did that like 30, 40 times. Um, just kind of not, not every single day, but like going back to it every once in a while to make sure that I'm, I'm getting the motion down. Um, it took me, not too long to be able to do it in training. Um, of course, with 45 degree flicks and flicks in general, you're always going to start off with very slow and just kind of what I call um, tactical flicks, I believe. So flicks that aren't really like offensive, like they're not going to be really fast, but they're good enough to get to, like to change the angle on the ball and like to get around your opponent. Maybe like usually they're more higher than like far and fast. Mm -hmm. They're powerful and, and far. Um, so that's kind of how most people start with flicks. And my goal was to eventually start being able to use them as like a can, like, you know, shooting them like a cannon basically is a good description for it. Um, so he hit a few of those. Um, and, and that was the one I was trying to emulate in, in that freestyle, not freestyle, the, the flicks only video. So it just takes a lot of time in getting the speed down. Um, but the most important thing in my opinion that, was not gone over that did that wasn't gone went over in um red's tutorial video was that you need to have pretty darn good ground control already like dribbling control because if the ball isn't if you're not able to get the ball settled on your car like make it stop bouncing and stop sparking on your car you're not going to be able to flick consistently and that's something that I, I think a lot of people don't realize and they're, they're coming to me very often saying, hey, Rainy, the ball is popping off my car whenever I jump. How do I fix this? And usually the thing is that they haven't worked on is they haven't put enough time into their ground control and they're dribbling and being able to get the ball on top of their car and get it to be like s steady on there. Look, it makes it look like it's glued. And that's something that you're going to see a lot of pro players be able to get um, to do a lot easier and better is getting the ball to stop bouncing on their car faster. Um, at a GC level, it probably takes, um, on average, two bounces. Maybe three bounces if they're coming at like a weird angle. Um, at a bronze, like all the way, like at a bronze level, I think it probably could take all the way up to like seven or eight bounces to get it steady. Maybe not bronze, but you get an idea. Like once, once you start, like a bronze level of dribbling, once you start dribbling, uh, learning how to dribble, that's how long it would probably take. It would take quite mm -hmm. a while to get it steady if they don't mm -hmm. just drop the ball off their car immediately. Um, so uh, once I was able to get the ball in my car more consistently and I did like some dribble challenge and everything and be able to, to actually be able to maneuver the ball in my car easier, it, I was able to get much faster flicks um, and quite a bit more consistently too. Like before I, I 
really worked on my ground control, I was probably getting my flicks um, in the net half the time. I wasn't really able to um, to, to aim them or anything. Uh, but after doing the dribble challenge, I was able to to really get it on my car where I wanted it to be and probably bump that number up to 70%. Um, but it still took me about three months of being able to do it in, in training, of doing a 45-degree flick or 90-degree flick in training before I could eventually start doing it pretty consistently in actual games. So it still takes, there's like a, a pretty big period of time that I didn't feel comfortable with them for ranked. So um, I don't think that that's the case for a lot of people now, especially with more tutorials being out. That was mainly because there was only one tutorial out for it. And like the general level of people's dribbling was a decent bit lower. Um, so yeah, it's it, it was just a bunch of training, um, a bunch of working on my on my ground control and getting the ball where I want it to be. How do you go about practicing ground control, dribbling, things of that nature in free play? There's there's no defender, there's no urgency in free play. So how did you work on uh, getting up your speed? so that you could do like control the ball faster things of that nature um hmm. so that you could be more effective in a game or was it more the dribble challenge that helped you with Honestly, that initial burst yeah the dribble challenge is the most helpful like i think people well i shouldn't say they undervalue workshop maps i think workshop map workshop maps are very much valued but not everyone knows that probably um workshop maps are Next to 1v1 is probably the best way to improve at the game because at least with the dribble challenge map, you actually have obstacles that you have to get around and you have to control your car in specific ways as if you're juking uh, an opponent or a defender. And um, also some, on some of the dribble challenge maps, it makes you have to slow down quite a bit or speed up and being able to have just like general ground control, not just like being able to go fast it's great, but honestly, what people don't work on enough of is being able to control the ball slowly. And um, you don't need to be able to dribble really quick. In fact, I th I think like that's almost a um, a bad direction to go is being able to dribble really, really quickly. Because if you get up to supersonic, you're not going to be able to keep the ball on your car mm -hmm. for more than a second. The ball's just going to fall forward off of your car because you're speeding it up with, along with your car. Um. I do think that <sighs> you can do it in free play, but honestly, what I did, I just kept on working on my flicks, resetting the shot over and over, or using Baki's mod to get the ball on top of my car. Um, you can press up on, if you have Baki's mod, you can just press up on your D-pad and it sets the ball on top of your car. And I would just kind of do shot after shot after, or, or flick after flick after flick in free play if I wanted to work on my on my flicking. Um, but in free play, if you want to work on just movement, I just practiced uh, early levels. Like I'm about to come out with a, a ground control, like bronze to gold level video, by the way. I'm not sure if I'm allowed mm. to plug that. Um, but I think it's going to be really helpful for a lot of people. It's going to be what I, what I imagine is going to be the best like road to take for improving fastest. It's, like that's kind of like a challenge I'm setting for myself. I want to I want to help people improve as quickly as possible. 
because the tutorial that Rocket League gives isn't quite fleshed out very well, and it skips out on a lot of things, including ground ground control and dribbling. Um, so I kind of I'm taking it upon myself to to try to pay attention to what a lot of other YouTubers have made, and and see which ones I think would work the best, and try to really condense it along with the things that I've learned over time. Um, so yeah, the bronze to gold one's going to be hopefully coming out within a week or two. Um, and a lot of that at the very lowest level is just going to be being able to move the ball across the field on the ground and being able to move it from side to side, um, having a really soft first touch. Like you, you have to start off with the very, very basics and work your way up. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize because you see a lot of these plat level players just starting off with, with ceiling shots and flip resets. Um, and while that can help with a lot of mechanics and like being able to, to understand like your car's orientation in the air and everything, you can't really be too flashy when it comes to ground game unless you start just trying to learn breezy flicks off the beginning. So I'm really trying to, to set out a, a very clear and easy way to, um, to transition or to improve smoothly. Um, but yeah, I I kind of for, I I might have gone on a tangent there. I'm sorry if I No, I think uh, it's it's all straight away good. From what and you, what you asked. we're just here to talk. So you're doing a great job. <laughs> awesome. Um but yeah, I I think I I think there's going to be really good um reception for that for that video. At least I hope there is and I hope it's able to help a lot of people cuz I think I think it's giving really hard some for people me to tell people on yeah, I think giving people a direction to go in go in in terms of like building blocks is yeah. phenomenal um, because the, I think it's almost like there is a it's like drinking from a fire hose you know if you actually yep. want to get better at the game and I don't think that there is a clear understanding of how to improve and right. I will say this that it's obviously a video game and there are some people that purely just want to be better at the video game and then there are some people that see ceiling shots and flip resets and things of that nature and want to be able to do those things right and improvement and wanting to do certain things are two very different things yep i was more on the latter or the the former yeah which one did you say first i forgot (laughs) the former yep the former um... which Seems a bit back. I just wanted well, to get better. Yeah. Former always, you think, is like the last one. But mm-hmm. it actually, yeah. But you were right, the former. It, so If there are people that want to improve legitimately and as quick as possible, that's what I'm trying to provide for people. And that's what I, I try to put across in my stream. Anytime anyone has any questions, I, I, I really want to help people get better. And I, I do my best to help them. And it seems counterintuitive depending – I mean, if if you're looking at things in a certain way, it almost seems backwards that you want to work on the basic things. That's what's going to help you improve the most, yep. especially with the advanced things. Because – so what I've noticed also um... – Rocket League has many different mechanics and aspects to it. 
and you only have so many hours that you're able to put into the game. Um, so for a lot of people, they tend to focus on aerials, being able to control their car in the air, um, redirects, and just like twos and threes mechanics, and that's great. And the reason that a lot of people have trouble with 1v1s is because they've put, their, let's say they have 2,000 hours. They've probably put like 90% of those hours working on, yeah, yeah, like a, a large portion of it only training the things that they want to work on, which was aerials and stuff like that and being able to like hit passes and um, like redirects and sailing shots and all kinds of stuff. A lot of people are like that, and that's fine. And whenever they come over to 1v1s, they're they're severely lacking in the hours department of of ground control and shooting and patience. And um I I think I I, I think there is a it, it's hard to say that anyone is a specific rank in this game because they may be Grand Champ in aerials and redirects, so on and so forth. But a lot of these people that are Grand Champ in those um, those aspects are maybe like gold level in dribbling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all it all has to do with what you're putting your time into. So unless you have like 5,000 plus hours, you don't have enough time to put it into everything. So everyone is going to have to start off somewhere. And I'm trying to give those people the the starting line and give them like a clear a clear indication of which what direction they need to move and how quickly they should be improving how successful or um how would how would you rate your tennis playing ability um so i played for nine years are you asking like how it's transitioned or just like how much I've played or what level I was? I guess I'm I'm wondering I mean I think I think the tennis comparison is an extremely good one. Like I I was thinking earlier today um when I when I had Zeke on the show, he was right. talking about bowling and then I brought up golf and for some reason I was thinking about golf again and how golf really relates to Rocket League um mm-hmm because it's such a mechanical game like rocket league is very mechanical golf is very mechanical and golf is almost like three different games in one like you have the drive you have like a long iron shot or another like uh fairway driver then you have chipping and then you have putting and all of them take different skills yet they're a part of the same game and in rocket league you have aerials you have ground you have flicks you have redirects you have saving you have wall reads you have backboard reads like all of those there's so many are completely different skills into. sorry say that yeah. again i was saying there's there's so many different things that you need to put time into if you want to be proficient at it exactly and i feel like tennis is almost the same way because yeah. like you could have a killer forehand but if somebody <laughs> knows that your backhand is horrible, exactly. all they have to do is hit it to your backhand every time and you can't win. Like there's nothing that you can do. Or if you can hit with a lot of power, but you don't have any control, then mm-hmm. you might you, you'd have so many unforced errors that you're losing more games than you should because you haven't taken the time to 
build up the accuracy to go along with the power that you already have. Um, so I get like, again, looking at that, did you, do you think that you came into rocket league knowing that you just needed to do what it took to improve because of the mentality that you had already learning the same kind of a thing in tennis? To be honest, um, I, I'm not going to say tennis helped me immensely. I think the thing that tennis helped me realize, though, um, or helped me improve on was my mentality towards the game um, in the games that I played. I, I, at least with my group of friends back when I played tennis, we were all very, very good sports. We, I would do like independent tournaments and I put a lot of emphasis on just being kind to my opponents and respecting them. Um, so that, that really trickled over from tennis into Rocket League. Um, I don't think I ever really paid attention to similarities between tennis and Rocket League until I started coaching, which was about six months ago or so. Mm. Um, and I would say the biggest similarity, though, um, that I've noticed would be the kickoff. The kickoff is very similar to the serve in tennis, in my opinion, because it's the one thing that you're always going to be in the exact same spot for. You you're gonna have you're gonna want to have the exact same motion, and it's all up to you to be able to 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 execute the motion the way that you've practiced it. Um, and I think that that's like the the biggest similarity. Other than that, like yes, you should be working on your forehand and backhand in tennis. Similarly, in Rocket League, I don't think a lot of people realize how important striker training is. It's very similar. You want to be working on striker training so that you can hit specific shots and like get accurate hits where you want the ball to go. Um, but yeah, I, I it it took me a very long. T- if there was any correlation or anything that that switched over from tennis, it it I didn't realize it for a while. Maybe like being able to like read the ball's bounce a little bit better. But even then, I didn't feel like I was very good at it. I was a very, very poor player when I first started. I sucked. At tennis? No, at Rocket League. Or Rocket. Well, everybody sucks when you start something yep. new. Absolutely. I think that's one thing that I've been struggling with a lot over the past two or three weeks, like a lot, is mm-hmm. just coming to the realization of how much time I've put into this game sitting at like 3,400 hours now and how little I've paid attention to so many intricate parts of this, of the game. Right. Uh, Like, I I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I just haven't paid attention. It's, it's not paying attention. It's, it's just kind of this complete, um, aloofness of like my game as a whole and what it takes to really improve in the game right i i think if anything helps me with that aspect it was coming from league of legends and starting early since i started early everyone was bad and it was almost like a mad dash to to improve um that kind of helps me push faster i guess for improving some things but the problem, though, was that there was no information back then to be able right. to work off of to improve. So that's why you're seeing players come to this game now that are 
as good if not better than me at half my hours um and that doesn't upset me i i if anything it, it means that i just need to be working harder and um and to really just like give a second you know look over on the things that i'm working on and seeing which ways i can improve them um that might just be my competitive side speaking though i'm not sure are you an extremely competitive person I wouldn't say extremely. Um, if I was an extremely competitive person, I I don't think I would be. I don't think I would still be maining one v ones, and I wouldn't be as satisfied with where I am right now. I can say that I get, I definitely do get competitive, but I I don't get as competitive as some people I've seen. Sure. Um, I I get stubborn. I think would be the best way to put it. Expand on that. So, if I find something that I really interests me, for example, drifting, and it it really tickles my fancy, I I really uh, focus on it. I kind of hyper focus on it. I guess would be a, a good point to make on it. Mm-hmm. Um. And then after drifting came 1v1s, I, I decided that that's what I enjoyed more than all the other game modes, and I fixate on it. And I've been fixating on it since Season 3 now. Um, if I was as competitive as I think um, some other people are, I would let go of some of the enjoyment out of Rocket League, mm-hmm. which is, for me, playing 1v1s, being able to do the drifts that I really enjoy. And I would really put my time and effort into working on threes. Um, and since season three, my my time on Rocket League was still split with 1v1s. Um, even if I was trying to join RLCS or RLRS, I, it was very hard for me to pull myself away from 1v1s or from working on ground control because it is just what I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm I'm kind of, having the same thing happen with me coaching people i'm really getting a lot of enjoyment out of it but the competitive aspect of me is still there in the back of my head wanting to work on threes so i'm not i'm not saying i'm ever going to stop grinding to be one of the best and potentially making it an rls or rlcs someday it's just i'm stubborn so i it's hard for me to to put the time that i need to in those game modes to really get to where I want to be because at this point if I didn't play 1v1s as much as I have and I've stuck with twos and threes I'm not going to say I would 100% be an RLCS but I have I have a pretty good feeling that I would be um, Mm -hmm. or at least very close to it I would be pretty high up there Um, do I regret it nope (laughs) not not really I'm really happy like like I said I'm very stubborn with the things that I enjoy regardless of my competitive instincts and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth i get everything i really need to out of streaming 1v1s and that's one of the reasons why i really hope that 1v1s there's like a more more of a 1v1 scene in the future maybe it's kind of selfish of me to say that (laughs) but um that way i could kind of intertwine like that that's when you'll i think if if you're ever going to see me really really work hard at something and try to shoot to be number one um without any hesitation it's going to be whenever there's a 1v1 scene yeah so something you said earlier like if you were extremely competitive 
Uh, I think passion, like I was passionate about Lemons. I'm sorry to cut you off there, but oh no, we're just kind of shot out at me. I'm very no, yeah, I'm, and that's I think that's a very good way to put it. And I will also say that <clears throat> to a point, happiness goes a lot farther than anything else. So the fact that you were able to have something in the game that drove you to be better, but you were also and you were also happy to spend all of that time on it. Yeah, uh, I didn't feel so bad because it was helping me improve as well. I, I forgot to exactly. mention that. Exactly. Right. You were improving and you were also having fun and happy about mm -hmm. it, um, which would go a lot farther than sitting down and just thinking, oh, I got to grind. I got to grind because I need to yep. be better. Like I'm angry and I'm frustrated, but I got to grind because I just got to be yep. good. Like I, I don't have any problems with depression. I, I do have problems with anxiety, but I bet if I really just literally force myself to play two like three v threes only, I I I don't want to say that I would have quit the game by now, but I would be much more burnt out than I am right now. I bet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, again, I wanted to go back to, uh, and this kind of ties into that, and almost taking it to the next level you mm -hmm. said if you were extremely competitive you wouldn't be content with where you are now so would you say like that you are happy with where you are or do you still have aspirations to continue to improve oh yes always um with rocket league the high at the highest level you are almost required it's almost like a, a pulling force um the skill is is constantly being pushed upwards the skill ceiling is and um maybe not as quickly as it used to be until like except for whenever new mechanics are being learned um but there's always things that you can be working on that will benefit you competitively um right now i think one of them would be like you may if you ever watch squishy he's working on these um flip resets where he's not using stalls he's flipping into them to get another flip reset and like chaining them together um that's a good example because if everyone else at the highest level is working on this specific mechanic if you don't then you're going to be left behind um so that is like one of the things that like new mechanics are one of the things that is like a driving force for not just me, but for a lot of other people at the high ranks to, to continue to improve. And it's one of the reasons why the game is still fun to this day, because there's always things that you can be working on. Like I have put endless amount of times into dribbling and flicking, but I haven't worked that much on aerials. So for the past like handful of months, I've been really putting a lot of time into my aerials and just like working on that aspect of my game. And it's like, playing the game new again almost and some mm -hmm. sometimes um there's just so many different parts of it that require oodles amounts of time to be put into it to uh to to get better at it and to quote unquote master it or at least get to a competitive level at it and at the highest level if if you're not decent at everything then you're going to have gaps in your gameplay that people can kind of um exploit mm-hmm you so see that a lot in one v ones. If a if a champ one came to you, a champ one in threes mm -hmm. came to you and said that they want to get better, what would what would be the three things that you would get them working on immediately? So depending on if they're willing to play one v ones, um, 
it would be 1v1s, of course, um, a warm-up routine, something I tell all of the people I coach, warm-up routine is one of the things that helps me the most, um, especially when I started to tailor my warm-up routine for the game modes that I'm going to be playing that day. Since I'm a 1v1 main, I really like to tailor my my training for that. So I would be working on striker training. For stri well, striker training is something I would tell everyone to work on and add that to their warm-up routine because it just makes you so much more consistent throughout the day whenever you make, need to make shots. You miss quite a few less of them, quite, quite a few less shots afterwards um, if you're doing it correctly. So at least like five, 10 minutes of warm up for a shooting. Um, if I'm doing 1v1s, I always do uh, like flicking, training my flicking. Um, I would work on my drift catching since that's just what I do. But for a champ one, it really depends on how good their ground control is at that point. Um, but if you're telling me what they should be working on if they want to get better at threes, it, it's really going to depend. Like if their defense... So, like I should mention, I'm not a threes coach. I'm a only one v one coach. But well, for... and it doesn't even mean I'm not saying even specifically threes. Just in general, right? A, somebody that's something I, I kind of consider myself more of a general. Make me better, coach. What I do guess. I do? Yep, one v ones will allow you to carry your your team, um, your teammates quite a bit more often because you're able to make one v one plays when you need to. Um, it'll help you with risk management. So knowing balls that you can or can't go for, uh, like knowing which what kind of shots that you'll be able to save, um, they're like less risky to go for, I guess. Um, right now, at at champ level, it's it's really hard because at that point people have a couple thousand hours or so. Sometimes, well, maybe not even that, like a thousand, a decent amount of time that they could have put a lot of time into one or two mechanics and gotten really good at it. Um, so if they're really good in the air, they put all their time into the aerial, I highly recommend them um, balancing their gameplay out by playing 1v1s. That way they can be a much more all-around solid player. And once they get that down, you'll see their rank improve a little bit. And then they won't have that aspect of their gameplay, like dragging them down once they try to improve more with, with their aerial play and stuff like that. Um, there there will be less gaps in their in their uh, play style. Um, shooting though, every champ level player, like anyone any rank should be doing in my opinion. Um, like the warm up routine, yes. Uh, if you're working on twos or threes, I always would work on my general aerial car control. So, Kefbert has a really good tutorial out for that. Um, it's called Elite Car uh, Car Control Training. I, I did that for quite a few months and I noticed myself being able to to be able to understand uh, my car's orientation a lot better and being able to recover faster in the air, um, being able to fly backwards, sideways, utilizing cooks or twists. And um, eventually I started working on, on doing that and utilizing arrow left and right. I added those controls to my, um, to my controls. Um, so I could start doing tornado spins and other kind of spins that you can't do with just normal air roll. I'm not going to say that's required yet, but maybe a couple of years down the line, we'll see a lot of people have already switched to it. And we might see like a pretty, you know, noticeable discrepancy between the two. Um, the people that have like worked with air, air roll left and right um, and people that haven't worked with it um, just because you're able to move faster in the air and 
be able to use, do a few different kind of movements that you can't do just with normal air roll. But I wouldn't say that's the most important thing to be switching on right now because you I can feel still like get a lot some of GC pros are talking level. about air roll yeah. left and right right now. Yep, you can still get to pro level without it. Like Calm is a good example. He just added air roll right, and he's one of the most good mechanical players in the game right now. Uh, like he's really up there, and he's doing all that without air roll left or right. Um, Scrub Kill is another one. He's just added it, um, and he's really liking it. But like it's it's not necessary yet, I should say. But if you want like an early, you know, if you want to start working on it early, go for it. Just know that it has a very steep learning curve compared to the normal air roll. In fact, for a lot of people, I would suggest having both air roll left and right and the normal air roll button bound like I do. I think that would make it a little bit easier on a lot of people. What is what's I know I'm going in a completely different direction, but this is, just fascinates me so much. Like, what's what's the big deal? For air left and right? Yeah. So, um, with normal air roll, since you, like, you know with normal air roll, you have to, like, pull your analog stick all the way to the left or all the way to the right? Yeah. That's, like, that's like a few milliseconds that you're losing if you just want to start air rolling to the right compared to just pressing down a button. With a button, it's zero to 100 with the analog stick you have to pull it all the way over there so there's a very small delay so that's something i guess um on top of that though there is also the fact that you're able to air roll while um holding up on it and be able to do like uh different kind of spins that you just you literally can't do with normal air roll okay um because if you're holding up on the analog stick or down on the analog stick and you with normal with the normal air roll button, you're not able to air roll to the left or right unless you're like you're doing it at a diagonal direction. You can do that though with air roll left and right, and it does something a little bit weird. I think I think it's more like if you're holding to the right or left though. I think it may not be up and down um, for something called a tornado spin, um, which is just kind of a, a maneuver in the air that's not necessarily the opposite of a cookster twist, but it's it's similar. I think isn't it like you have to hold air roll one way and then the yep, I thought the it was air roll way, one way and then trying to air roll the other way. It's not trying to air roll the other way, but like holding your analog stick the other direction. I believe. Yeah. So if you're air rolling to the right, you want to hold left on your analog stick, and that's going to produce a um, a tornado spin. And I think that's just like one one of the four different ways that you can spin though. Um, with arrow left and right compared to normal arrow i think you uh, i shouldn't say this because i'm not 100 sure if I'm, what i'm saying is 100 correct uh, but you have like less less directions that you can air roll your car unless you have um arrow left and right so if i want true baller status i need arrow roll left and right yep it'll be it'll make you a little bit faster um in the air it's just is the question is though right now Excuse me. Is that worth it at the moment, considering how much of a um like a, a skill curve it has? Uh, when you could be getting up to that level, up to GC and pro level without without it. it, right? So, I think one of the questions is: is how much higher is the skill ceiling in Rockley going to get? How how long is it going to be around? And um. 
like I I also even then I don't think it's going to be necessary because you can still have really good positioning, have really good shooting, still be able to hit 90 plus percent of shots without it. It's just some of the more fancy things and maybe one or two times um a series you might be able to air roll a certain way that you you can't normally and you would actually need it. Um but it's very I think I think it's not required yet. And if it's I, more beneficial, like mm-hmm. taking the two weeks that you're going to be really uncomfortable. It's going to be longer than that. Unfortunately. Longer if, than that? Yep. It's, well, maybe for some people, but for me, it's been a few months of me working on it. And so I actually feel like I really got like a decent handle on it. I might just be a slow learner though. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm getting a bit older here. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, stop it. Uh give give me a break. <laughs> I uh, I should end I'm this. sorry, I'm sorry. I should I end this podcast it. right now. <laughs> That's a, that almost makes me want to do it even more, you saying, Oh, because I'm so I mean old. if you plan on playing the game and you don't plan on switching it, by all means I think you should switch over to it. Or at least do something similar to my control scheme where you are able to have normal arrow and arrow left and right. The way that I use it is that I want to be able to use arrow left and right with my aerials and only aerials. Um, some people only want to be only want to be using arrow left and right. I don't think that's required. Um, I think only using it in the air is just fine, and using the normal arrow button for um, like arrow shots, recovering, etc. Uh, that's where I think that's going to be a little bit better compared to arrow left and right. I could be wrong there, though. It just it felt easier for me to to be able to have both of them, at least when it comes to recovering and um, hitting hitting like certain kind of shots. Wait, so do you use it for shots as well? Yep, I don't I don't use arrow left or right for shots. I just use my normal arrow button. Oh, you use normal arrow for shots, but you use yep. left and right in the air. Yep, for tornado spins, cooks or twists, and just like general manu- maneuvering in the air. Okay, that's what so I'm trying to get to. Like, least. do you have any idea of? Like RLCS players, are they using left and right for shots as well, or are they using normal air roll for shots? I unfortunately do not know that. That's I should check up on that honestly. But I know that Kevpert was one of the people that I think he had both. Um, I think Justin might have both. So what is I'm, your? I'm really not sure layout. what they're using what for though. Um, so I have, I I use a crab grip, which is somewhat of claw, but like I'm using my middle fingers for reverse and acceleration okay um which is a little bit weird but i got used to it eventually it was really i nice do that as I well cool then you're fine um drift and air roll normal air roll is on uh l1 mm-hmm. left bumper if you're on xbox and boost is on r1 so the reason i did that was to minimize the amount of buttons that i would ever have to press with my thumb yeah. at the same time that's exactly um, what I, I when i switched over from keyboard mouse it was really important to me that i had a control scheme that wouldn't force me to have to use my thumb like that because it just annoyed me. Um, How long were you on keyboard and mouse before you turned over to a controller? I think it was 650 hours, 650. So oh my I was already, yeah, that was quite a long time ago. But um, at that time, I was already top 100 in twos and threes. I was pretty high up there. I had like a decent lead on quite a few people because I was just no lifing the game at that time still. Um, but I thought that my skill ceiling would be quite a bit higher 
if I did switch over to controllers. So I made the switch. Um, and I would say it was it was worth it. There, I still get kind of skeptical once I'm seeing like some of these really good keyboard mouse players popping up every once in a while, um, like Yukio and um, like Avample, some things that they're able to do. Watching um, Avample's videos where he has the keyboard layout yeah, over his uh, screen is just, it's disgusting. Yep. Um, I remember though, my dribbling, I was trying to learn how to dribble whenever I was on keyboard mouse before I switched, and it was terribly hard for me to learn. Um, aerials weren't so good either. I was just bad at everything back then, though, so it's kind of hard to say. I probably could have let myself play the game a little bit longer to get a better understanding of it um, to see if it would actually be worth it. But I didn't, and I, I, I don't regret it, though, honestly. I, I think I'm quite good still without it. Um, but I'm, I, I'm always curious to see how far... I would have gotten if I didn't switch because I was already pretty high up in the leaderboard and I was, I was doing pretty well for myself back then. That um, is, that's so interesting that you spent 650 hours on keyboard and mouse and then decided to switch. Yeah. It, it was at the time that I was number three on the three leaderboard too. So I, I, I was really high up and even then I was like, I could probably get better though with, with controller. But and even still now, like keyboard mouse players are in an extreme minority, right? And I feel like are they a minority with a controller are still there over a keyboard? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. But I'm I'm curious, are they a minority because at some point everyone just started dogpiling on people telling them to switch off of keyboard? Yeah. Um, is it because that there is a much larger player base on um, coming from console like PS4? Because uh, then those people aren't going to be switching over to keyboard mouse, and a lot of the pros these days started out on console. So, right, it's kind of hard to say. It's kind of hard to say, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I still don't regret it though. I'm I'm quite happy where I am, and I I like I said earlier, I think I could have gotten just as high ranked i could have been rlcs if you know circumstances were different for me when it comes to 1v1s and everything i'm so intrigued by this whole uh air roll right left thing i think it's so (laughs) fascinating and it's so easy to get sucked into that stuff when like pros start talking about different things like you start questioning your entire life like right am i Am I doing everything wrong? Who am I? What am I doing? <laughs> it 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 gets a little bit worse whenever you've been playing the game longer too, because <laughs> you you're like, man, I have over five thousand hours in this game, but wait, I've been doing this wrong the entire time. It, it turns out that this way was a lot better, man. If only I spent those other five thousand hours I just played on doing it that way, and oh, it, it's a it's kind of a bad rabbit hole to get get Don't going. Don't get down, me started so. on that. I go yeah. I get into such like a <laughs> deep dark place thinking about. <laughs> The thousands of hours that I've spent on this game, just like mindlessly queuing game after game after game, not right. thinking like thinking that I want to get better and like not actually doing anything about it. Um, mm-hmm. It gets a little upsetting to me sometimes, but I under I understand right. what you're saying. Um, you wanted to know my other controls, too. If you want me to go over those real quick, I can. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah. It's uh so something I I whenever I got controller when I switched over I wanted a, a a layout that would work well for me so I I 
held my controller how I thought would be the best. And it happened to be uh, one of the things that is kind of controversial with a lot of people is having your ball cam on square. So I have jump on X, ball cam on square, which is the left face button um, for those on Xbox. Uh, and that just felt good to me. So that's how I normally hold my thumb over my controller whenever I'm holding it. It feels good because ball cam and jump are my two most are going to be my two most used buttons. Um, before I added air roll left and right, I had my um, rear view button on triangle, and I ended up changing that over to uh, R three, which was annoying because I actually didn't realize how much I use my rear view, and then I had to stop using it as much because I had to pull my thumb all the way off of it. Um, but it wasn't so bad that I regretted that very much because I, I then put my arrow left and arrow right on uh, my arrow left on triangle, which is the left one, the, the, the top one, but to the left of circle, which is the right face button, which is arrow right. And that just made sense in my head. So I've been sticking with that. I've been considering huh. switching my, my ball cam over to triangle and seeing if I like that and just like putting my arrow left on square. Uh, but I haven't done that yet. So I don't know. I'll think about it. That's our controls are exactly the same. Awesome. Good. Uh, except so a long time ago for half lips, I put air roll right on triangle. Um, and circle is just a dead button. I use that for right. power ups in rumble. The few times that I play rumble or like spike rush. So I really don't use circle for anything so how do you look at the scoreboard uh what i thought was default for most if not all people is putting on on the select button select let me look at my controller so there's a start button on the right then there's a select button on the left or a option button i guess on the ps4 controller um how do so you save a, a timestamp for i don't you I don't? don't yeah i okay. if i want to replay i just save it after uh, times if I wanted to add something for a timestamp, I might put it on like the the middle PS4 button. But I found whenever I had that, I would just accidentally do it so often. So I was like, screw this button, and I yeah unbind unbound it. Uh, now that I'm doing more like video content, I may add it again somehow. Um, but you can still have it on that option button because you have to hold it down to be able to to mark it. Um, right. but. It, it might be better suited oh, option. on a So you button. could use it. Well, but don't you use option to go to the pause menu? So I, I think I'm a little bit mixed up here because I don't have my controller. Okay. Um, the, I think the right one on the controller is the, the menu button. There's one on the left too, though. That's the one I use for, for leaderboard. Got it. So let me, let me look at it real quick. Okay, no, it's called the share button on the PS4 controller for some reason. Um, I didn't realize that. It's the share button on the PS4 controller. It's the left. Okay, like, yeah, the share button. button. That's like how you save a clip on a PlayStation 4. Really? Okay. So yeah. I did not know that. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. Have you ever actually played anything on a PlayStation 4? Or you just purely use the controller for Rocket League? Um, I never owned a PlayStation 4. At least I owned a, an Xbox 360 growing up. So... Yeah, I I wish I had a PlayStation Three, PlayStation Four, but unfortunately, I never did. Well, might might end up getting one though, because I, I really I I I had one or my, my roommate had one at my old apartment, 
and it was awesome. I got to play some of the game exclusives on there, and I loved it. So I may get one eventually. Well, I don't, I don't know if you're a fan, but Final Fantasy VII, the remake, is coming out very <laughs> soon, and it makes me wish that I had a PlayStation 4. Yeah, I, I didn't play a whole lot of Final Fantasy, but the games, they all looked awesome. I might have played like one as a kid, and I just kind of yeah, forgot I'm, it. I'm very excited to see what that game is like. But that is not Rocket League, mm-hmm. and that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, oh, it's not? Oops. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess we could, but I just have to edit that part out. Welcome I'm curious. to the Final Fantasy Podcast. <laughs> I uh, going back to something that you said earlier in terms of like switching controls and uh, just like you don't know, like there's already so many things to work on, blah, blah, blah. Like you don't know how long the game is going to be around. Do you you ever imagine or think about what things will be like for you and like three or four years if you continued like do you see yourself playing this game for the foreseeable future do you think about you know five years down the road and like man am i still going to be playing rocket league like what do you think about that at all or look at so look at things like that when i first got on twitch my so i've been i've been watching twitch streams justin tv streams back when it was a thing for most of my life um and there's, the streamers that I've always watched were variety streamers. They made like a lot of indie games. And I thought that was going to be what I transitioned to uh, as time goes on. Um, nowadays, it's hard for me to, like, I guess that would still be like the end goal for me is just to be able to play whatever game I want, anytime I want, and be able to make, you know, an okay living off of it. Um, but. Then I, I I've been streaming Rock League for so long, and I'm still very very passionate about it. I may like as of like yesterday, I, I went. I'm going on a small vacation. I'm not sure if you heard about that. Um, by vacation, I mean I'm just like I'm not streaming for a few days, and uh, just so I can really focus on like my, my content creation and just like kind of resetting my brain because I've been going through a little bit of burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I'm doing that, but. I even even during a burnout, I I'm still very very passionate about this game, and I could honestly still play it for the next five years probably as long as um, as long as it's still doing well. Like you know, if, if Epic doesn't run it into the floor or anything, or if there's not like a Rock League two coming out at some point, I would definitely try to switch over to something like that. Um, I. I think Rocket League is unique enough and it has a good community behind it as well as good developers. Regardless if, you know, they don't always um, make all the community happy every time that they come out with something. Uh, I I trust them and I think that it, the game's going to be doing just fine as time goes on, especially now that they have Epic support. Um, but if you ask me what I think I'll be doing in five years, it's to toss up maybe i'll be in rlcs by then maybe i will like let let go of one v ones a little bit and try to really focus on threes i i keep on going back and forth if i want to do that or not like i'll do a little bit of six mans because that's kind of what it's going to take if i really want to is just play more six mans and that's Mm kind of just really tedious for me um but i don't know i i maybe i'll uh i'll still be doing rock league still do coaching or i'll have to switch over to another game where i'll I'll find uh, a job um with some like esports 
or like game developer because I'm not in college yet, but uh, it is something I, I've been thinking about doing. And I would love to work with, with either Psionics or another game developer at some point. That'd be really cool. So in terms of, I mean, because you obviously spend a lot of time playing this game uh, mm -hmm. day in, day out. What is it? What is your what is your mentality towards improvement and just playing the game? Because I know that part of part of it for me, especially over the past month, in terms of my desire to improve and get better and you know continually play the game, it's it's gotten quite frustrating at times because I'm not seeing what I would like to see out of myself or know what I'm capable of. So right. how do you how do you approach the game that every day and I'm I guess I don't want to put words in your mouth or this expectation that every day is just hunky dory and awesome and butterflies <laughs> and rainbows. If but only. like how do you spend so much time in the game uh and be okay? I'm trying to figure out how to formulate this just like be content with the process of improvement and warming up and training and things of that nature, but then also strive on a consistent basis to be better. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 1v1s is a big part of that, I should say. The fact that I'm a 1v1 main, and like we went over earlier, it's it's the best game mode to be playing if you want to continuously improve. Um, so I have, I have a few things that really help me feel like I'm still improving. And that would be the warm-up, uh, respecting my opponents, kind of transitioning from the tennis part. Um, the fact that 1v1s, like there, there's, with Rocket League in general, there's so few random factors. If, if you put the time into the things that you need to be working on, eventually you'll improve. And the fact that, the, that Rocket League's not going to be like, you know, closing down anytime soon, I, I know it's still going to be here tomorrow, so... I, I do my best not to, to really get upset over a single game. Uh, but something else, I guess, I, like I said, I have a lot of things. One thing that I tell a lot of people to do is between losses, um, especially with 1v1s, if you lose, try to, to make mental notes of the things that you weren't doing, uh, like things that you were messing up, I guess, in the game that you just played, and immediately go into training and do two or three minutes of training on whatever you, you messed up on. That way you're immediately working on the things that you need to be improving on um, on top of the fact that you're taking a small break to kind of reset your tilt meter. So that helps. The fact that I make a living off of it helps, I guess. I'm <laughs> kind of a, a running factor. Um, but at the, the same time, you could, you could be making a living something from something and be extremely unhappy doing that. Right. And that would certainly, I, that is not my experience of you. No, I, I may not always be happy. Something I also do is I also limit my time playing the game. Um, I get off as soon as, the, as soon as I start getting tilted, like noticeably tilted. That's why you don't usually see me like really, really rage on stream. It's because I, for one thing, I don't like people seeing a side of me that I don't feel like is a good indication of what I'm usually like. And I don't like letting a game control me that much. Um, and 1v1s are a really good test of that 
like willpower for me, I guess, because 1v1s are easily the most frustrating game mode. Having a nice warm-up routine also really helps, like I said earlier, because if I if I put enough time into my warm-up so that I don't feel like rusty or cold by the time I play a game, that's one less excuse I have for myself. And what I really want from these these games that I'm playing is a game where both me and my opponent are playing to the best of our abilities. And then I can, if I do lose, I can accept that loss a lot easier because um, I have less, less excuses as to why I might have lost. So um, that, that helps quite a bit too, just having less excuses and just doing my best. Um, but that's, that's just something that I really, like that, that kind of drives my, my ambition for this game and my passion for it is that there's so, there's so few outside elements that can mess with you, especially in 1v1s. It's just you and your opponent as long as you have like an okay server, like okay ping for each person, it's just you and your opponent and the the things that you do in that game. So yeah, I, I think just trying to learn to be a a good sport and respecting my opponent and like just losing humbly um really, really helps helps me continue to enjoy it. Um on top of that, the fact that I'm I'm now doing content creation has kind of sparked a bit more of um, I guess a, a flame inside me to to really like work on another aspect of the game that's not necessarily in the game, but helping other people to be better at the game. Um, that's really rewarding to me lately. And I'm that I'm I'm still just I just I love the game still, and I I I still see where it can go, and I I realize that almost no matter who who you are, yes, you may kind of like if you're older or or like you just you're not good at video games you're new to video games the thing with rock league is everyone starts at the same level in this game you may get better a little bit faster than others if you're really young but you have just as much of a chance to improve because it's such an even playing field um and it has such a high skill ceiling and i, I really want to see where this game goes and it's it's cool being um kind of not i guess like the front runner one of the front runners for it and being able to to push it uh push it as it's growing that, that's like a, a jumble of answers i'm really sorry about that. no you don't have to apologize uh, for anything i think all of that was was really good uh what benefit is there to being kind to your opponents being respectful to opponents what's what's the point um well some people would say killing people with kindness is a, a strategy i don't necessarily do that on purpose if i ever do I I just kind of get that that idea of of being a good of good sportsmanship from tennis I guess um but since it's a since it's a very even game and the reason that I really like to enjoy it and the, the games that I enjoy the most are the really intense ones where it's really close and we're both playing really well if I'm like not being respectful to my opponent or I'm being toxic to, toxic to them um I almost feel like that's like psychological warfare, basically. And I want my opponent to be at the best of their ability if I'm going to beat them or if I'm going to lose to them. Um, that's where I'm getting the most enjoyment out of the game. So don't I don't necessarily have to be kind to them, but being respectful is very important to me. Sure. I agree. Um, it honestly makes me a little sad that there isn't more like mutual respect or just... it's one of the best games for it like it's it's really 
kind of upsetting. And I, I really hope that I continue to grow and I can be like a good role model for a lot of people. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I don't, I stop my stream once I start getting into that like darker mindset where it's hard for me to really keep a cool, like keep my cool. And it's one of the reasons why I'm taking this break right now because of the burnout. Um, it's making me a, a much more critical towards myself and, um, and it, it gets me to that point quite a bit faster where I'm being not just mean to myself, but sometimes mean to my opponents. And I, I don't have any of that. I, I hate it. So um, it's one of the reasons why I'm taking a bit of a break right now. Well, that's good. Has that happened before in your Rocket League career? Mm, not not to the extent where I'm taking as long, long of a break as I am right now. Um, I I don't do long streams. Not a whole lot of people do in Rock League, except for you know some of my amazing roommates in the pre play streams house. Um, <laughs> we haven't really talked about them. I should have probably given more of a, a talk about that earlier, but that's okay. Um, I I like to keep my streams pretty short, and um, I think part of that's just because I've been playing the game so long. It's really hard for me to play eight hours a day or anything. I'm probably doing four to six um, around there, depending if I if I'm doing like any competition like tournaments or anything um but really just trying to improve my mental game trying to improve my my end game like mechanics and just like getting better at something there's always a sense of improvement it may not be immediate or like immediately noticeable but if you actually put the time into into things in this game you do notice improvements on it um so that's it's it's just it's it's very rewarding to me after after doing that. Uh, so just not over overplaying myself. That's just because I don't want to burn myself out even more, I guess. Sure. Well. well, and I mean, I think the professional athletes have an off season, you know, like mm -hmm. they don't play the game all year round. They work really hard over a certain amount of months and then they take some time to themselves so that they can recharge. And unfortunately, uh, in something like entertainment, online entertainment, where there's hundreds of thousands of options at any time and, you know, scarcity or worry about are people going to be there when I get back right. causes people yeah. to not do something. But uh, I think it's very valid and healthy for you to take some time to yourself. Yeah, it doesn't mean I'm not playing the game. It's just having one less thing to have to schedule my time around. I've, I've just been pretty overwhelmed too and i think that's one of the factors of me getting a bit more upset um also one of the reasons why i, I was late to this <laughs> this uh, <laughs> podcast just not not managing my time very well and a big part of staying in a healthy mindset for rock league and to improve in a in a healthy direction without hating yourself is taking care of yourself outside of the game too and that's something not enough people really do um so that's something I'm trying to do this week is to like exercise more, eat better, and just get stuff done, be productive, and hopefully get back to the place I was before. Because if I'm uh, if I'm playing the game and I'm getting really upset at myself and getting angry at other people or just not being who I normally am, I guess I that's I think that is a dark road to take because I feel I start to hate the game. A lot faster whenever I'm playing like that, and I force myself to play like mm -hmm. that. Um, I don't want to force myself to play through it because, like I said, that's that's just when I start to dislike the game, and I don't want to dislike the game. I think it's really fun. So having a healthy mindset, 
incredibly important. Yes, for sure. I think that is almost 70 to 80% of this game is mindset. Mm-hmm. If you can if you can last long in the game, like if you can keep playing it, then eventually if you have like a decent, you know, like if you listen to some of the things I've done, like more one-to-ones or working on mechanics, eventually you'll get better. And um, since there are like plateaus in the game, like people are getting better a little bit slower than they used to be and so on. Like as time goes on, it'll be even slower. You will catch up eventually. You just have to be able to to play through it and really work on the things that you feel like you need to to be competitive. Um, but if you burn out at any point throughout that and you just like uninstall the game and stop playing it, that's pretty detrimental to 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 like the path of improving in my opinion. So I try to just not get to that point where I want to uninstall and I never have. So I'm happy about that. Nice. Well, I think uh, that is certainly a good place to end off the show. Um, just because I think, again, you know, mentality is, is huge and having, having a nice clean one uh, is certainly beneficial to longevity, not just in this game, but anything. And Absolutely. I, I can't remember if I've said this before. And I think that being optimistic, being, Absolutely. you know, pleasant to people it's just as much of a mechanic as a flip reset or a redirect or anything like that. Like if you don't feel like that comes naturally to you or it's something that you're comfortable with, it takes practice. Like being mm-hmm. as as weird as it sounds like being happy and being okay losing and being okay struggling, practicing something new and understanding that it's part of the process of improvement uh when like breaking through a plateau and right. and figuring new things out like that that in itself takes practice um so if that's not something that comes naturally to you or that you're comfortable with uh just try it and fail and then try it again and mm. mess I should it up. mention one v ones is like one of the best ways to work on that but like it's, it's throwing you out in the coals because there's no one else to blame but yourself 100 percent. um so if that's not something for some of the people that are listening to this if you are if you have a lot of problems with anger or you break things easily i do not recommend you play 1v1s competitively yet um something i tell a lot of people you can still improve just as fast if not faster if you're able to find someone around your level like a friend that wants to improve as well, jump in a call with them, do some ones. You don't even have to be in a call. Just do private 1v1s. You can still work on the things that you need to do to work on to improve at it without the ranked anxiety that comes along with playing ranked 1v1s. Yeah. Without the toxicity from it too, if there is, if you're running into that often. That's a, that's a very good point. And just, I I don't think that I can emphasize this enough that just like give yourself some grace and understand that it's all part of a bigger process. Absolutely. Uh, it's a very long-term game. Yeah. Very, very, very long-term. One thing that mm-hmm. I've been telling myself over the past few days is the work that I'm putting in now, the things that I'm figuring out, the, the mechanics that I'm practicing or, you know, working on that striker, pack that you 
share in your Discord right. or not your Discord. Well, it might be in a Discord, but it's also in on your Twitch. Um, I'm really going to see the benefits from that Absolutely. in two weeks, in three weeks from practicing mm-hmm. it every day. It's not like I'll be able to see the little bits and pieces of like understanding how to do things better tomorrow and the next day. But when it's really going to start sinking in is a month yep. from now. And that's the kind of patience and grace you have to give yourself when you really want to take your game from point A to point B. That's a lot of what my coaching session is. I focus a lot on mechanics. So it's like I, I show them that striker training pack and I make them do it for like 30 minutes to an hour just to make sure that they're doing the shots the right way. That way it's a lot a lot less daunting for them to to try to figure out how to hit it correctly because once i can show people how to hit it correctly and they have video of it they've done it like 10 to 100 times they can it's it's in their muscle memory enough for them to work on their own time and i'm trying to get that like that improvement to be a lot smoother if they can learn how to do it correctly then they can do it on their own as, as time goes on i think that would be a good video because i think one thing that i didn't ask you and a of course, this is going to be a cliffhanger, and hopefully you do mm-hmm. come out with a video because uh, then somebody can go search for that video and find it. But like, not just how to do striker training, but how to do it correctly. I think yep. I do like, have a video of me on stream that uh, I uploaded. It's it's not it doesn't have got a whole lot of views because I made the title kind of wonky. It's like how to sh- power shot like a pro or something. Um, and it was just a clip pulled off of my stream because I got asked so many times on stream to show people how to do it. Um, and I ended up just kind of, you know, just pulling that from the stream and putting it up on YouTube. And uh, it's it's good enough, I would say, to start off with. But there's there's nothing like just like I'm, I may need to remake it and just like make it a bit more condensed and yeah. um, easier to, to digest. Sure. I think I think that would be a really good one because I think you know going along with that same kind of thing and and no disrespect to him at all but mm-hmm. like Sunless in a good number of his videos which I think is very valid uh suggestion and information just spend time in free play chasing around the ball I think that there's and I actually just put out a video recently about like the things that I'm focusing on when I'm in free play um, cause like just chasing around the ball, you're not necessarily thinking about anything specific to improve. And I think if you're just you working focus on speed on, and momentum at that you know, point, two or three very specific things while you're chasing around the ball, that's what leads to improvement, not just the mindless activity of chasing around the ball. Absolutely. That's why warm up is so important so that you're able to, to really work on specific things um because you're using custom training for a lot of that warm-up compared to just going in free play and hitting the ball okay well i think this has been good and fun and uh even i mean nobody knows that you showed up late because the podcast (laughs) gets posted every single time at the same time never know as as far as they're concerned you were perfectly on time which you were totally okay yes i was of course but before we end the show officially uh, there is the three stages of the end of the show. The first is uh, any final thoughts that you would like to share with the Infinite Boost podcast listeners. Final thoughts. Is this supposed to be a plug or just a thought? 
This is just a thought. The plug comes next. So, a thought. My thought is, um, well, this podcast is awesome. You oh. are a great host, and um, I I hope I I inspire a lot of the people that are watching this to to rethink how they're approaching the game um, and hopefully be able to enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah. And if, if anything, if you're not having fun in rocket league at this moment, check out Rainy's stream because he is just extremely welcoming, extremely kind and is a very good example of how to play the game at a very high level while also being extremely kind and courteous to the people that he runs into. It is possible for those two things to exist simultaneously. <laughs> it's difficult, but it does. And speaking of your stream, where can people find you out on the internet? So I have a few things to plug. Um, one would be my, my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash kingranny. Uh, another one would be my Twitter, which is King Rainy. If you look up King Rainy on Twitter or King Rainy RL, apologies. Um, YouTube, King Rainy, same thing. And uh, also the amazing free play streams house. We actually just hit 1,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Oh, dang. And, Congrats. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're actually about to start up our own podcast, not to self promote oh, myself nice. too much. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be pretty cool. Um, so free play streams on YouTube. We upload videos every Friday, and the my roommates, including Black Widow, IRL, McLando, Scribs AF, Bosley Five, and the Fui XD, are all incredibly hardworking, um, amazing streamers themselves. And we we we're very passionate about um, our YouTube channel and the content that we upload. So yeah, any any anyone listening to this that want to come follow us on there, that'd be really cool too. Nice. Yes. All very worth it. And of course, um, a couple of those folks have been on the show in the past uh, and have been lovely guests. So I'm glad to continue on with you and be sure to follow all of those things. I will leave descriptions, description links for all of those things. So uh, very conveniently located down below or up above this episode, depending on uh, what service you are using. And finally, the last thing that I leave uh, the show off with is a question to the listeners. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say 1v1s? That's a nasty is that a good question. question? <laughs> Loaded question. Please answer that question because I would love to hear some of those responses. Awesome. The one thing that I've been working a lot on in ones besides not screwing up so much is just taking it not even a game at a time but a play at a time like even when i'm getting destroyed if right. i get a goal scored on me when that next kickoff pops it's a new opportunity it's a fresh play it's a fresh game like i don't care about the scoreboard i'm gonna go as hard as i can try and make the right decisions try and position myself well and just not make another mistake and and play better. So yep. uh, I've been playing a lot of 1v1s. Um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, thank you so much. Be sure to hit us up on the internet somewhere with an answer 
to that question so that I can share them in future episodes. Uh, Rani, this has been a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed being able to get to spend some more time with you. Um, thanks so much for the time. And as always, thank you, thank you for the boost. Anytime. That's a wrap.